You're listening to The Diarist, a Red Couch Black Dog production. Episode 3, Mixed Messages. Of course, I couldn't tell mother or father the truth. The next morning, Margot slept late. It was no wonder. I had no reason to get to work early, although I probably should have gotten her up early and taken her back to the apartment, checked on Margaret. But Elizabeth called the next morning, instructing me to return Margot at noon, per Mr. Hayes's instruction, and that I could have the morning off. So I woke dressed and left the little darling in her sweet dreams, who knew what the rest of the day would hold for her. I went and sat with mother and father in the kitchen, had coffee, I had no appetite for food, and of course that suited mother just fine. As long as I stayed thin and attractive, she was content. It seemed so was I. I don't understand why he doesn't have her put away somewhere, for her own sake, and the child's. I don't know, Mother. Oh, something terrible is waiting to happen. You can't leave a woman like that. I think Richard feels conflicted. Richard? Yes, why? It seems rather informal. Why shouldn't it? Don't get short with me, Andrea. What am I supposed to think? You have the man's daughter, and he calls late into the evening. To check on her. I shouldn't say it. But I heard you crying after the call. Well, Mother, why wouldn't you come in and see if I was all right? Andrea, I am not going to argue with you. I'm not the one wading out into impropriety. You haven't said a thing, Norman. What do you think of all of this? I don't know. You mean you find it acceptable that your unmarried daughter is working as a secretary and now involved in this man's very volatile personal life? No, I I suppose you should be more careful. I should say so. Mother, you'll wake Margot. Do you realize how difficult this is for me? That child shouldn't be here. I should have my grandchildren fast asleep down the hall. It shouldn't be a married man's child. Please. It doesn't matter anyway. Mr. Hayes has asked me to stay out of the domestic affairs and focus more on my work. He has me working on advertising campaigns, you know. (sighs) I am an utter disbelief, Andrea. Why? Do you expect me to congratulate you? Uh, Now, uh, Beverly, uh, why don't you just let her be? Let her be? I've heard nothing but selfishness from that girl. Twenty-four years old and caring for a married man's child talking late into the night, and now she tells me she derives some perverse satisfaction out of taking on business responsibilities? Perverse? Please don't mock me. My nerves can't take any more of this nonsense. Maybe you can talk some sense into her. Should I ask? Is it an affair? Of course not. 
I have no problem with love and passion. One can't help that. I wouldn't. I'm not suggesting that... Uh, what do you mean? You just asked. I care about him, of course I do. And Margot. Everything seemed to be working out for me. I really love working on campaigns. You are not meant for the mundane life. You, you think you are, but you're not. Uh, there's no way to have both. At least, not while you're here in Connecticut. Even in New York, it's, it's too close. For what? To find fulfillment. But I think I have. No, uh, you're too young to know. I think this man, this Richard, is, is dangerous. Y your mother sees it. And the way it all stacks up, you're in love with him. I wouldn't say that. No, you wouldn't admit it. No, it's the work, too. No, uh, all right. I, I believe it. But the one place your mother will acquiesce is to send you someplace abroad. It, it gives her something to brag about. She's terrified of what's happening. Nothing is happening. Well, I, I don't agree with her, but I don't have to live her life either, or, or yours for that matter. So you want me to leave? Run away? If you follow your dreams, find adventure, then you'll see. You'll be a different person. You, you'll be glad for it. Would you like a cigarette? Thank you. See? Here we are. Two equals. Father and daughter. And you cannot be equal to this Richard. I don't know what you mean. Just take my advice, won't you? But I don't want to leave. Why would I? You're my only child. I have money. I can send you anywhere you'd like to go. That's just it. I want to stay here. I want to work for Richard. Any attraction has died out. It just reached the surface under the traumatic circumstances. Oh, perhaps, but... There you are, living in the city, alone, your own apartment. You have this employer, he's trapped in a marriage. You're young and beautiful. You, you work closely together. I'm insulted. All right, I'm sorry. I just, I see what you can be. Things are beginning to look a certain way. You sound like mother. But she wants to see you locked away, trapped in mediocrity and circumscribed to a life of servitude. Is that how you see family? Motherhood? I want to set you free. I, I want you to live. I, I would die a broken man if I thought you let your zest for life peter out if you settled. But you're playing a dangerous game right now, darling. You have no idea. After the trip to Orlando and our conversation the night before, Richard became cooler with me, more professional. At first, I couldn't read him. That secret intimacy we shared seemed to have been replaced by professional demands. He hadn't changed outwardly, still the reserved executive, refraining from flirtation with the office girls, that sharp, dominant demeanor on the phone or in business meetings. There were no more smiles as I served coffee during the presentations. Maybe a nod. If he were on the phone and I had to deliver a message, he'd hold out his hand and often not even look at me. He'd read the message while I waited for instruction, and while I finally got recognition, it was simply a nod, a head shake, or 
an instruction written on the message and handed back to me. Hello, Mr. Hayes' office. Hi, Andrea. It's Mary over at Mr. Nelson's office. Hello, Mary. He'd like to speak to Mr. Hayes. He said he'd be expecting the call. Hang on just a moment, would you? Of course. Richard? I asked you not to interrupt my work, Andrea. It's very disruptive. I'm sorry. It's it's Mr. Nelson from Zenith. He said it's important in that you were expecting his call. Should I? What are you standing there for? I... I'm sorry, I... Just connect the call through, Andrea. Hi, Mary. I'll bring him through so you can connect him. I'm sorry to keep you waiting. Don't be silly. You didn't keep me waiting. Boo! Oh, you scared me. Well, I meant to. Keep you on your toes. What are you doing back in the office? (laughs) You can't keep me away from this place. No, really, I'm here to meet Nathan. Mother has tangled him up in the wedding planning. It's wedding cakes today. Cakes? That's funny. Hey, what's the matter? Lucy, was Mr. Hayes ever short with you? Unhappy with your work? Why? What did he say to you? Seems I can't do anything right. Well, I'm not sure. You're very competent. It seems I've overstepped my bounds. I took his daughter home one night. Things were awful at the Hayes' apartment. You did what? Uh, I mean, I'm sure you had a... Why would you do that? Margaret Hayes had gone crazy. I was worried for her safety. Yes, but he has staff. I'm sure you had to... Is he cross with you? It's been over two weeks and he hardly says a word to me. It used to be so different. Before all that, I mean. He encouraged my work, gave me little gifts. Little gifts? Didn't he give you thank you tokens? Um, sure. (laughs) Sure he did. He did? Honestly, no, he didn't. At Christmas he gave me a basket. I'd always give it to my mother. It was lovely, but nothing personal. Fruits and jams. Oh, and one time there were two tickets to an opera. An opera? Yes, it was La Boheme. I took Mother for her birthday. He had the tickets, and this was a couple years ago before Mrs. Hayes got really sick. You know what I mean? Of course. I suppose I never thought of her being well. Their life before... Well, she came down with something. No, that's not it. Why can't I remember the details? It was before she became really sick. It was a flu. Before she went crazy, you mean? Yes. I'm afraid so. It's a shame, isn't it? She's so pretty. Before. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yes. But he never gave you anything more than that. The fruit baskets and the opera tickets? No. Not that I can think of. He's given me a necklace. And one time a pair of earrings. Jewelry? No, he never gave me jewelry. Just tokens. I'm sorry. I've been so preoccupied with Nathan since I've been here. I'm sure that's why he hasn't. He wouldn't want Nathan to get the wrong idea. Yes, I'm sure you're right. 
Nathan, of course. Here I am talking about myself, and you were just weeks away from getting married. Are you happy? Yes, I'm terribly happy. Mother and I were out shopping. I told her not to buy me so many linens and things. You know, I'll get an awful lot at the shower and his gifts, but she insists. You know how it is. Yes, I'm afraid I do. My mother can't wait for me to get married. Aren't they all that way? Mother treats Nathan just like her son. It's comical. He's closer to her age than mine. (laughs) Honestly, she's a hoot. You'll meet Mother at the receptions. She is a woman who gets her own way. Imagine, a partner at Roth, Hayes, and Johnson, indulging my mother in such frivolity as picking out wedding cakes. Nathan (laughs) sounds sweet. Andrea, come take a dictation. All right, dear. I'll talk to you soon. I have to go. Darling, don't worry about him. Maybe things are bad at home. It's a terrible situation. He just wants things done his way. Andrea! You shouldn't let him bully you, though. I've never known him to be that way. He was always strict, you know, but always very kind. I'll be all right. I'll see you on Saturday. I'm so happy for you. You look lovely. You're glowing. Close the door, please, Andrea. Of course I would. I always close the door behind me. I need you to take a dictation. Richard, I need to get something off my chest. I haven't done anything to deserve this treatment. Treatment? I expect you to fulfill the duties of a secretary and personal assistant. It seems you're falling short. Perhaps the position is too much for you. You didn't come into it with much experience, and things are falling apart around you. Isn't that right? Maybe you're just not experienced enough for the job. I graduated from Catherine Gibbs. I was top of my class. So you were. Maybe it's book smarts. Around here, things aren't always by the books. And given that you're falling behind here, I've had Ellen hire a household assistant, so you won't be needed beyond the job. Just focus on getting things right here, and then we'll see about privileges. Privileges? How is going beyond the job a privilege? I did it because I cared about you. Well, you don't have to anymore. Just care about your job. You can be as cruel as you want, but I know you're upset with me after the phone call a couple weeks ago. You felt as if I had pulled the rug out. Andrea, I'm your boss, not your boyfriend. It is unprofessional of you to come into my office and speak with me so casually. I won't have it. I'm a partner at the biggest advertising firm in New York City. I will not have it. What was I supposed to say to you that night? Honestly. You know my upbringing, or at least I hope I have conveyed that to you in the manner in which I present myself. I'm not a woman to talk to a married man on the Are phone at night. Are you about finished? Have I just imagined it all? Have I just made all this up? Well, I'm afraid you have. You're a girl with a very big imagination. That's part of the problem, I'm afraid. All right, then. All right, then what? I'm ready for the dictation. Good. That's more like it. Dear Maynard, I regretfully inform you that Roth, Hayes, and Johnson is unable to work with you on the campaign request. We recognize Star Toothpaste as a leader in the dental product business. However, regretfully, no, no, not regretfully. 
However, we are under contract with Hanson Barrows, maker of competitor products. It would be a conflict of interest. I considered leaving, and after several months of this treatment, I felt almost no attraction towards him. I wasn't sure if I should even work on advertising ideas and sketches for him. Why should I, I reasoned. Why should I give him anything? All I ever did was help him and care for him. What was I supposed to do? Have an affair with a married man? A man whose wife was so ill she was like a child? I had scruples, dignity, and I'd like to think I was moral. All right. I must interject one confession. Perhaps it was my fault after all. I go back to the story and rewrite, trying to deliver an honest retelling. To be honest, I continued to make myself attractive for work. Not just that. It became a second occupation. My weekends were spent shopping with mother for sophisticated outfits. I only took my appearance a small step above my previous. It seemed, I realized later, that I had subconsciously tallied the types of clothes, shoes, and hairstyles that piqued Richard's interest in the past. Even during the cold months, there were times I could see when an acknowledgement of approval slipped out before he could snuff it out with contempt. Yes, I suppose he had grown to hate a part of me, the part he believed he couldn't have. Had I known my one obligatory rebuff would have had these cascading effects, I would have delivered a softer rejection. Still, I knew he liked Mary Jane or T-strapped pumps. It seemed black was his preference. He preferred crewneck cashmere sweaters rather than blouses. And I found when the sweaters and skirts were similar shades, almost monochromatic, he was a little nicer to me. Of course, I couldn't wear the same style every day, and I took chances with other styles. He seemed interested in a black dress with a mauve panel in the front. Three matching mauve buttons. Morning, Ellen. Morning. Here's a package for Mr. Hayes. Somehow it ended up in my office. Oh, I'll make sure he gets it. Thank you for bringing it over. I would have been happy to come get it. I needed the exercise. Huh. Very funny. Will you be joining us for lunch? No, I have to sit in on a meeting with Mr. Hayes and Steve Morris. The Zenith campaign. That's right. Lucky girl. Steve Morris is single, you know. I hadn't thought of it. Well, he was asking about you. He was, was he? You know him pretty well, don't you? Well, yes, but I never got the idea that... Well, do get the idea. He asked if you were involved. (sighs) Isn't it apparent that I'm not? Oh, come on. You're such a smart and pretty girl. He's worked with you on sketches and storyboards. He's impressed. He's no oaf. He graduated from Princeton. It won't be long before he's a partner here or at his own firm. Oh, he's very handsome. He's kind, too. If I weren't married, he's the one I'd go after. (laughs) Really? Do you have a little crush on him? Absolutely, I do. (laughs) The rest of these sharks are all talk. I wouldn't let any of them walk me across the street. I know what you mean. It has been absolutely horrible with Richard. With Mr. Hayes? Yes, that's right. What do you mean? 
I don't know how to say it. Lucy was as surprised as you when I told her. He's bordering on cruel. Cruel? How so? What has he done? That's very out of character. Can you keep a secret? Yes, of course. One night I took Margot. His daughter? Yes, I'd gone over to the Hayes' place and things were falling apart at the seams. Now I'm afraid it was worse than that. She'd gone over the deep end. Yes. It was terrifying for me and the house staff, and it was too much for Margot. Well, I'm sure you're right. Where was Mr. Hayes? He was still at work. It was the night before the Orlando trip. Yes, I remember. That was a few months back. Well, that night, once I had Margot home... Oh, are you sure you can keep a secret? You know I can. I've grown very fond of you, Andrea. You're one of my closest friends here. He called, and we spoke briefly. I must have imagined it, but it was something he said. I took it the wrong way. Well, what did he say? I I don't remember the exact words, but at the time, I understood him to be telling me he had feelings for me. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it, other than it is so out of character for him. You see how he is around here very respectful. Yes, that's just it. He turns into a monster when we're alone together now. How so? He's very brusque and demanding with me. I suppose it's because I tried to talk about what happened, you know, clear the air. But that just lit the fuse on the powder keg. Every day it gets worse. He says I'm not doing a good job and that I should try harder, that I'm not qualified. What does he expect? That's just it, I don't know. Good afternoon, girls. Oh, Stephen. We were deep in conversation. I forgot where we were for a moment. Isn't that silly? Oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, sneak up on you. Oh, hey, I've got the storyboards. Will you be joining us in the meeting? Taking notes only, I'm afraid. My work on this campaign doesn't go beyond initial sketches and a few ideas. Well, why not? What happened? I mean, you used to do so much. Remember the Bird's Frozen Food campaign? You practically put that whole thing together. (laughs) Things have gotten busy, I suppose. Mr. Hayes is very busy, and... I was hired as his secretary. Yeah, I'll bet he wants to keep you all to himself, so some other department doesn't snatch you up. That's nice of you to say. All right, Andrea. I'll talk with you soon. Come with us later. The girls are getting drinks. Me too? You're always welcome. But I'm afraid we just can't trust you with the gossip. (laughs) This place would fall apart if all of our secrets got out. (laughs) I'll let Mr. Hayes know you're here. Bye. Steve Morris is here. Good. Send him in. And Andrea, I'd like you to sit in and take notes. Certainly. Come on in. Let me take the boards for you. I'll set them up at the end of the table. Rich. I'm looking forward to the pitch. Yeah, it's pretty good. Andrea here got us started with the sketches, and my boys took it from there. You know, she's a talented girl. Andrea, please move the boards to the stands, the three of them. There, in a row like that. Certainly. Can I get you some drinks before we start? No, that will do. On second thought, I think we'll be all right without the notes today, Andrea. You don't want me to sit in? That's right. Stephen, walk me through this campaign, the pitch. Well, Rich, she's been very helpful in the campaigns. Uh, You know, it helped me to have her input. That will be all, Andrea. Is it all right if I go to lunch? I'll bet you can still catch Ellen. The girls have quite a lot to talk about, I've been told. No, I may need something. Please stay at your desk. Uh, Of course. 
Believe it or not, I cried. The office was practically empty, and in those three hours, miraculously, the phone didn't ring once. I cried, and I realized I would have to take control of my own fate. He could be as cruel as he wanted, but it was up to me to make the life I wanted for myself. I knew I didn't want to leave the firm, not after how much I'd invested. I had ambitions. Stephen Morris himself had said it. No. I decided Richard could treat me as horribly as he wanted. He could be a petulant child. I would find a new way to reach my aspirations. Stephen Morris wanted to take me out on a date? Well, then I decided to go on a date with Stephen Morris. And if it became something more, then so be it. I'm not waiting around for a married man, a, a Dr. Jekyll in Mr. Hyde. Maybe I was in love with him, but what difference did it make? He hated me. By the time the door opened, I had fully convinced myself that I would become a new Andrea Davies. It started as a daydream, but the more I imagined it, fueled by my anger towards Richard, the more I believed it might just be possible. I'd heard the rumors that Stephen Morris was going to go out on his own one day. Maybe he'd marry a girl like me. Maybe if she were talented and knew the business. Maybe there would be a place for her on the art team. Not a secretary, but an artist or a writer. An idea person. Less a muse, more a collaborator. Very good, then. Between the two of us, we'll reel them in. You know, I'll have the team finish up the final boards. Hey, uh, well, Andre, we went with your idea to Outer Space and Beyond. You did? Really? Yeah, the Outer Space TV station, all of it. You're a genius. Andrea, come in and bring my messages. There were no calls. You don't have any messages. Andrea, now. Uh, I, I don't want to get you in trouble. It's no bother. I'm grateful for the compliments on my work. Maybe I'll see you around? <laughs> I'm sure you will. We work in the same office, after all. Oh, hey, uh, by the way, I've I... I've got to go. Why do you have that look? Do I? What look? I'm not sure what you mean. Is something wrong? No. Well, I've forgotten how beautiful your office is. Or maybe it's the afternoon light. The large windows. And your paintings, they look lovely in this light. Yeah, oh, it's nice of you to say. It feels to me like that day when you first asked me to be your secretary. I was so hopeful. The light was very much the same. Except I don't feel hopeful. I'm not sure if I'm very good at this position at all. It's a difficult job. Yes, but... I feel you are being unfair to me. I feel as if I am doing all right, and then you... Well, you make me feel as if I'm completely incompetent. Is that how you see it? I mean, Steve Morris mentioned how much he liked my campaign. That would be something if you were an ad man, but you're not. You're a secretary. I have a very important position, and I have to remind you of the smallest things. Yes, but... If I'm doing such a poor job... Should I resign, Richard? I feel so confused. Should I... I'd like you to take a dictation. I've got to get a letter out to Zenith. Of course. I just want it... You see? You treat me as if I'm a child. Why do you keep me here if you don't like me or my work? Why do you? 
You can have anything you want. You don't have to endure my incompetence, as you say. Have you finished, Andrea? No. You are very unkind to me, and I am trying so hard. Andrea, look at me for a moment. Yes. I'm sorry if I've hurt your feelings. Or if something I've said has led you to believe I think you're incompetent. It's just been so long since you've given me any encouragements or compliments on my... Andrea. I do notice you. I like that blouse on you very much. You look very pretty, just as you are right now. Oh. Well, I... It's very pretty on you. Thank you. What sort of fabric is it? It's silk. It's very lovely. You have excellent taste in clothes. I notice. Would you mind removing your cardigan? My sweater? Yes, so I can see the blouse in its entirety. Why? I like it very much. You see, I do notice you. You know that, don't you? I don't have to tell you I notice these things. You know when I like something, don't you? I don't know. I know it's awkward now. Things have been very stressful here at the office. I haven't had the opportunity. I have something for you to say thank you. And Andrea, I do recognize the work you've done on Zenith and other campaigns. You do? That means so much to me because I spend a lot of time on it. I think of ideas even when I'm at home or on the train. Andrea, come over here. I have a gift for you. A scarf. It's very nice, thank you. It matches my blouse perfectly. A perfect compliment. But I... I just... What? What's the matter? I'm just... I'm afraid I'll say all the wrong things. I don't... I don't want to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing anymore. Do you mind if I help you with it? No, of course not. It suits you, Andrea. It looks lovely with that blouse. I notice these things. I want to make that clear to you. Even when I'm busy, I notice. Even when I'm short with you, I notice. Shall we get back to work? Yes. You'll have to hand deliver this letter to Zenith. Just as soon as you're finished and you've got it typed up. Of course. Yes. And then I'll need you back here. I'm afraid we'll have to work late into the night on these. Dear Neil, Stephen Morris and I just finished the boards. I think you'll be very happy with the campaign. We are entering an immensely exciting new front... Now strike that. This campaign is altogether new. The space age is a new frontier. If you can imagine it, Zenith can pick up signals all the way from the moon. I'd like to arrange a meeting with you and Robert Hughes from the NJH Broadcasting. We'll focus on print, radio, and then by Christmas have things put together for television. Perhaps other girls may have found it abhorrent or unkind, but I didn't. I was hungry for his attention. It was a dormant desire that would not go away. I knew he had no way to show his feelings for me but in private, and I suspect his anger was simply hurt.
from what I'm told, men can be rather childish when it comes to love. I suppose a part of me felt I deserved the treatment, the belief that on the other side would be something beyond my imagination. You see that drop, that morsel of attention, satisfied a deep, forbidden hunger. So on the way back to my apartment that night, I repeated his words in my mind. I notice you. That was it, wasn't it? I wanted someone to notice me. Not Andrea the daughter, the wife, the secretary. Not even Andrea the artist or ad girl. I wanted someone, anyone, to see me. More than anything, it was Richard. Please don't think unkind of me, dear reader. Haven't you been in love? If not, I'm sorry for you. If you have never had to endure suffering of the heart, then I pity you.